After practicing on Wednesday and Thursday, Bryce Young appears to be set to return on Sunday against the Vikings. Will he be the difference for the Panthers as they look for their first win? I'll give you my three keys to victory right here on Locked On Panthers. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and yes, Friday, your team every day. That's our motto here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe or follow the show for free over on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And be sure to follow me. Julian Council on Twitter, at Julian Council, where on Wednesdays I answer your weekly Wednesday mailbag questions, either at me or DM me over on Twitter, at Julian Council, to get your weekly Wednesday mailbag questions into me right now. Today's episode of Locked On Panthers is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price Guaranteed. The Carolina Panthers are not guaranteed to win on Sunday, but boy, would it be nice if this team decided to not start off the season 0-4. Frank Reich says that they're urgent, not desperate. Brian Burns said that this isn't something that happened to us. It's happened for us. Okay, let's see it, guys, because I really, really, really do not want to sit here and talk about another bad football team here in 2023. Now, I do think there's a window of opportunity where if the Panthers are able to win on Sunday, then find a way to win next week in Detroit, because I don't think it's going to happen to Miami, get to the bye at 2-4, and four, the schedule is going to get a little bit easier when you have the Bears, the Colts, the Texans, the Titans. You get some teams that you can absolutely beat, especially playing them at home coming up after the bye. So... Just hold on, please, guys, and get this win on Sunday afternoon. As I always do on Fridays heading into a game weekend, I give you my three, one, two, three keys to victory. And here are those three keys to victory as Carolina Panthers hope to avoid an 0-4, oh my God, start to the 2023 season. Key one. The Minnesota Vikings are one-dimensional, y'all. They have the second-rate passing offense in the league. They have Justin Jefferson, who is outstanding. My goodness, he's so good. I cannot believe how good he is. After watching him at LSU, and even the year before, like he blew up and that offense blew up with Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow and Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Like, even the year before that, he was good. But then, like, my God, this dude is a special talent. Give him everything, Minnesota, whatever he wants. Just give him the key to the city. Let him own Minneapolis and St. Paul. Whatever it takes, give the man what he deserves. He's good. And he's going to be concerning for the Carolina Panthers, of course, on Sunday. Because I don't think the Carolina Panthers have anyone who will be active on the roster on Sunday that can keep up with Justin Jefferson. And even if J.C. Horn was out there, let's just be honest. Justin Jefferson was going to get his no matter what. So that is a concern. K.J. Osborne's been a really good player as well. 
for the Vikings, and they used that first-round draft pick on Justin, or Jordan Addison, rather, the Blitnikoff Award winner, which goes to the best wide receiver in college football a couple years ago when he was at Pitt, then went to USC last year to play under Lincoln Riley. Really good receivers. TJ Hawkinson, their tight end. Great passing game, and I've always felt pretty highly of Kirk Cousins, look at the Washington Redskins and football team, now Commanders, and how bad they were under Dan Snyder. The only time they weren't a complete laughingstock was when Kirk Cousins was their quarterback after taking over for RG3. He got them to the playoffs, y'all. Like, that is no minor achievement that was done up there in D.C. by Kirk Cousins. It was always weird to me that they let him go. They would never been able to replace him. Fingers crossed it's Sam Howell because, of course, my own bias of being a UNC guy. Um, but Kirk Cousins is a good player. Is he a Super Bowl kind of guy? No. But he's a good player and somewhat the Minnesota Vikings should be happy to have. And they'd have a tough time finding someone better than Kirk Cousins if they, well, whenever they decide to move on from him. But the Carolina Panthers can't allow this passing attack to beat them. They need to find a way to neutralize it and force the Vikings to run the football. Now, last week against the Chargers, they ran it fairly well. They just traded for Cam Akers, Alexander Madison. He's someone who has not gotten off to a hot start, and that led a bunch of crazy people on Instagram to send a bunch of racist messages. Maybe let's not do that, but Alexander Madison obviously is not prime Dalvin Cook. He's just another guy in the league, and Cam Akers probably is the same. That's not a impressive rushing attack. Now, the Carolina Panthers haven't done well against the run the first couple weeks of the season, giving up 130, 134, then 146 on Sunday, really 150. They need to do better at that. But I would rather the Vikings try to establish on the run than them trying to throw all over the yard into Carolina Panthers. And they're going to probably get their yardage, but finding a way to pressure Kirk Cousins, force him into mistakes, limit Justin Jefferson, and allow the Panthers offense that looked good last week to be a in this game and be able to keep up like that's what needs to happen now cj henderson good news there on that front hurt his ankle last week in the first half missed the rest of the game was limited at practice on wednesday a full participant on thursday which would lead me to believe that he's trending towards starting on sunday for the panthers so great news if that's the case because i don't think that you want a troy hill out there as your primary guy you might also feel the same way about cj henderson but to be able to have depth and not have to Ask guys like DiCaprio Boodle, I believe is his name, to go out there and potentially line up against those receivers. That's a good thing. Number two, run the damn ball. You can go out there, find those hats on the internet. I think Onward Reserves, a store locally in Charlotte, they can go buy them from. You've seen them. You've seen O-Lyman wear them. You've seen people wear t-shirts. Run the damn ball. The Carolina Panthers, week one. 32 rush attempts for 154 yards. Week two and three combined, 33 rushing attempts for 144 yards. They talk about not winning on first down against the Saints, and that's why they got away from the run. Thomas Brown even telling Frank Reich, hey, let's get back to it. Oh, it didn't work. Let's give up on it and keep throwing the football, even though the wide receivers can't get any separation on that night. Then on Sunday against Seattle, Andy Dalton, I thought he was really good for the Carolina Panthers. But 58 pass attempts... That is ridiculous. That's not really what the Carolina Panthers should be trying to do. And it's weird to me when Frank Reich says, oh, well, you don't go to Seattle by throwing it 58 times. You do it by, you go there and win by running. Unless what Steve Wilkes' Panthers did uh, back in December of last year. So why did you not try to at least run the ball on Seattle? Now he understood they could take advantage of a banged up and really shoddy secondary that Seahawks had. But still, it's just odd how then he comes back on Monday and says, 
I'm committed to the run, but I'm also committed to winning. But you just told us the other day, literally the day before, that you don't win in Seattle by just trying to throw the football. So I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. But the Carolina Panthers need to find a way to establish a run game. But Bryce Young coming back on Sunday, it can't all be on him. You have to help your quarterback out. And the best thing to help a quarterback out, no matter if it's Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, any of those guys, is with an effective run game. And the Carolina Panthers had one week one and probably didn't run the ball as much as they should have week one. Now, turnovers killed them. But still, they got away from the last two weeks. And yeah, you're going to want them first down. you got to stay ahead of the chance. I understand all of that. But you cannot ab- abandon it, especially when your passing game, when Bryce has been out there, has been ineffective. And we'll see what it looks like on Sunday against the Vikings. Miles Sanders, though, there's concern there. He was limited on Wednesday and Thursday with the same groin injury that cost him the preseason. I have wondered... Was he rusty? Was he still a little banged up? Because he has not looked like the Miles Sanders that I saw last year in Philadelphia. Different concepts. I understand that. Better offensive line in Philly. Jalen Hurts. Yada, yada, yada. Yeah, the scenario, the variables are all different. But still, he has not looked like someone that the Carolina Panthers were handing that money to. Highest running back contract of the offseason. And he has not performed at all so far this season. So if he's banged up, why not give Chuba Hubbard a chance? So far this season, 12 attempts for 78 yards, 6.5 yards per carry. Um, Nine of those attempts, by the way, and 60 of those yards came week one against the Falcons. The last two weeks combined, three carries, 18 yards. And that just goes in line with the Carolina Panthers refusing to run the football and not really establishing it. Get Chuba out there. Because so far, he's running hard. He's effective. Why not give him an opportunity when Miles Sanders clearly is not 100% and has not given you very much through the first two weeks? So run the damn ball. Number three, the passing offense has to take advantage of yet another bad defense. Last week, the Vikings came in dead last or like 30th, 31st in a ton of categories defensively, especially in the pass game. And it showed. Yeah, they didn't have Jamal Adams, who's going to make a season debut. Congratulations, Seattle. Yeah, they didn't have Kobe Bryant, one of their top corners. Yeah, they didn't have Reek Woolen, and they had another guy get injured in that game. I understand all of that, but statistically, they were dreadful. And the Carolina Panthers, whose offensive passing game had been dreadful the first two weeks, looked competent and, you know, kind of good on Sunday. So can you carry over that momentum? And I understand that was with Andy Dalton. That was against Seattle. It was on the road, all that. And Bryce wasn't out there. But still, you have to think that Thielen and Shark got to feel good about what they were able to do last week. And Thomas Brown, the Panthers OC, said that Bryce on Wednesday, when he returned as a full participant to practice, had his best practice, the most energy he's seen from him since being here in Carolina. That should be a good sign. Here's another good sign. Listen to these stats. The Minnesota Vikings defensively are 27th in the league. There's 32 teams, by the way, in yards allowed per game, 382.3. They are 26 in points allowed per game at 27.3. Carolina Panthers scored 27 last week. Uh, they are tied for 25th in passing yards allowed per game, 261.7. And they're 25th in interception rate, 0.95%, and 19th in third down conversion percentage allowed, 40.48%. And the Carolina Panthers are actually pretty good on third down last week against Seattle Seahawks. This is not a good defense. Brian Flores is going to send the house. We understand that. I'm concerned about the O-line's ability to hold up, especially up the middle with those guard positions and even a little bit of bows. But, man, that's not a good defense that you're playing. And you're playing at home. You should be able to get something out of the passing game and more on Sunday against the Minnesota Vikings. So find a way 
to force the Vikings to try and believe that they can beat you on the ground, not through the air, run the damn ball, maybe, just, just a thought, and the passing offense needs to take advantage of yet another bad defense, back-to-back weeks, playing a bad defense, go out there, take advantage of it, and maybe you might have a chance to win this game on Sunday afternoon at home. Now, someone who will be returning on Sunday appears to be Bryce Young, who was a full participant at practice on Wednesday and Thursday. We'll talk about Bryce Young's return to Carolina and the assertion that he should remain on the bench here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. Do you love the convenience of getting what you want right to your door? With DoorDash Grocery Delivery, you can stock up for the week or order last-minute cravings conveniently. You've trusted DoorDash to deliver your restaurant favorites, and now you can get grocery delivery that actually delivers too. With thousands of grocery stores to choose from, you'll find the best in your neighborhood and boost your local economy with each and every order. You'll get exactly what you ordered, or they'll make it right. So sit back and enjoy quality groceries just like you picked them yourself. Get 50% off your first DoorDash order up to a $20 value when you use code LOCKEDONNFL at checkout. Limited time offer. Terms apply. That's 50% off, up to $20, no minimum subtotal, and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code LOCKEDONNFL. Don't forget, that's code LOCKEDONNFL for 50% off your First order with DoorDash. Bryce Young appears to be set to make his return to the field on Sunday afternoon after missing week three in Seattle with an ankle injury. And I got to level with y'all. It is strange. I am not a conspiracy theorist or conspiracy believer in all these kind of things. Yes, I understand that things that we were told are not always true. I just don't spend a ton of time thinking about whether they're true or false. And conspiracy theories, really, they poison the mind. There's a lot of people out here that are complete wackos that just believe in some crazy stuff. And I'm just not trying to get into a lot of that, honestly, or really all of it. But with this Bryce Young conspiracy theory that the Carolina Panthers want to do a reset so that Bryce could sit back, look at the game in a different light. And, you know, Bryce talked about, hey, yeah, I'm on the sideline. It's not like I'm just sitting there as a fan. I'm still kind of playing the game out while I'm on the sideline learning, which I think is actually a good experience for Bryce to be on the sideline and to watch Andy Dalton operate and to kind of see how things went on Sunday because it's a different perspective. And guys will tell you when they get injured, they just get a different perspective from either love of the game, just how they view the game, all of that. That being said, the Seahawks defense was trash, y'all. Wouldn't you have wanted Bryce to be the one who was throwing for 300 yards? I don't know if you want to throw 58 times, but hell, whatever. Would you, wouldn't you rather have been Bryce than Andy Dalton? You still lost. I would have rather Bryce been the one out there getting that experience, having to face that rush from Seattle, having to be in that environment, having to play in the rain. I would have rather have been Bryce Young. So I really don't buy into the Carolina Panthers decided that, oh, hey, you know, Bryce didn't look great the first two weeks, even though if you really look at what's around him. Like, guys, understand, this is what's around Bryce Young. We're going to compare this. And Cam Newton, I guess he was on KJ Wright's podcast, and I had someone send me this uh, in my Twitter DMs, at Julian Council, by the way. So I appreciate anyone who sends me stuff because I don't see everything. Um, but someone sent me this with Cam Newton just talking about his situation compared to Bryce Young's situation. Like, let's be honest here. Cam Newton, as far as his weaponry, had D'Angelo Williams and Jonathan Stewart. I love what I saw last year from Chuba Hubbard and um, from Deontay Foreman. But 
they don't stack up to those two. And Chuba, for whatever reason, is not getting an opportunity, even though I think he should get more. And Miles Sanders so far has not provided that. But even if Chuba and Miles are healthy, they ain't D'Angelo, and they're not Chase too. Okay, so there's that. He had a running game. So far, Bryce doesn't have a running game. Uh, you look at the guys that came through to, Steve Smith, senior, He's going to have a bust in Canton very soon, if not next summer, whenever the hell they decide to do the voting. I don't know when it's going to be. But Steve Smith Sr., he's going to Canton. Greg Olson, borderline, maybe in Canton, but a damn good Carolina Panther. Jeremy Shockey, used to be a rival, not a rival anymore as he came to Carolina. He had those guys to throw to. And let's even throw out Brandon LaFell. If you look at Brandon LaFell, and you've so far looked at LaVishka Chenault, you've looked at Terrace Marshall, you looked at Jonathan Mingo, though it's early, are those guys giving you more than what Brandon LaFell gave Cam Newton in 2010, where he received for 600 yards? Uh, probably not. So, better weaponry in the backfield and out wide for Cam in, 2010, in 2011, rather, not 2010, but 2011, than Bryce has right now in 2023, where he has Adam Thielen, DJ Chark, and Hayden Hurst, and the other running backs that I mentioned. So, understand that it's not the same for Bryce. Like, he doesn't have great things around him, which I guess is people's argument. Oh, well, the team around him is not great, so why don't you just sit him? Well, how long is it going to take? This isn't something that has to happen right now. And I have said, I believe the Carolina Panthers did as best as they could considering the wide receiver market and their financials this past offseason, that it's got to be priority number one heading into year two to get guys out there that can really help you honestly evaluate Bryce Young. Because I'm not sure how honest our evaluation can be if when you break down the film, like JT O'Sullivan of QB School did, and Bryce is at the top of his drop, and everyone's covered. Like, how can you evaluate the guy if that's the case? So it's different for him, what he's going through, than it was for Cam. And every number one quarterback, number one picks, um, you know, rookie seasons or whatever, his situations are always different. Not everyone's going to walk into a perfect situation. You look at recent, Joe Burrow's situation was, was different. Trevor Lawrence's it was different and all of that. It's different for everyone. So I just think you got to be a little bit more patient with Bryce. So I just didn't really buy into, oh, like, yeah, they're going to sit him out because I just don't know how it helps Bryce Young to sit out because the weapons are the weapons. Like, it's not going to really get any better this year. Maybe they can play better like they did on Sunday, but it is what it is. But I will grant you this. It is odd when, you know, Bryce played the whole game last Monday against the Saints and that there wasn't a play that Frank Reich or Thomas Brown could point out to where he got hurt. And when asked on Thursday when speaking to the media, Bryce Young said that, yeah, he didn't know when he got hurt. So I'm just like scratching my head, kind of like, are the conspiracy theorists right? Like, what the hell? Like, it doesn't make any sense at all. It doesn't make any sense that he can't pick out when he got hurt. It doesn't make any sense why the Carolina Panthers would sit him against that defense when they spent all that much money to bring him here to be the guy. And maybe, and here's the thing too. If you've already played him, I don't really see why you would sit him. You either sit him, then play him, or you just play him and let him go. Now, you don't want to ruin a guy under development. I totally understand that, but the Carolina Panthers maybe should have thought about getting some better receivers. But, hey, this is really the, what the market bore, and what were they going to do? So, I don't know. I, I look at the Packers, and it's interesting that the success that they've had where they had Aaron Rodgers sit out for those years. Now he's a Hall of Famer. They've had Jordan Love sit out, and now I believe they're 2-1. I haven't, I'm not going to lie. I haven't watched the Packers game, but I guess maybe things are working out so far, and we'll see if he ends up being a Super Bowl winner and a Hall of Famer. Just teams don't do that anymore. Teams are like, hey, let's go play our guy. 
Stroud's playing. He's looking pretty good so far from everything that I've read. Anthony Richardson, uh, he was out last week with concussion. Looks like he's going to play on Sunday. Teams want to see their guys earlier. They also want to be able to utilize those rookie deals so they can pay some other guys, which the Carolina Panthers, they got to pay some other guys. Uh, so there's more of a sense of urgency. You have three years where you got to figure out, hey, is this your, is your guy good or not? Because after that three-year period, he's extension eligible, and then you got to fork over like $250 million. So the Carolina Panthers really need to find out whether Bryce is the guy. So what they need to do is play Bryce Young. Now, this year, they're not going to be a playoff team. But that does not mean that you can't still focus in and look at how Bryce develops and how the guys around him develop and see who's worth keeping around for the future and, you know, start pinpointing targets for the offseason that can come in and help Bryce Young. Like, really, when you're talking like expectations – we're really two years away from those. When it's year three, no excuses. You need to know right then and there if you don't already know who the guy is. But, like, right now, we're still in the developmental phase. You would like for it to look a lot better. You would like for the team to be competitive, which I still think getting a win this week and next, they can be competitive following the bye considering their schedule. But, really, you got to be patient. It's going to take time. Bryce needs to be out there. He does not need to be on the sideline watching Andy Dalton throw the ball 58 times in the rain in Seattle. So Frank Reich said the Carolina Panthers are urgent, not desperate. Well, y'all, that desperation or that urgency is going to turn into desperation real quick if they lose on Sunday. I'll provide my final thoughts heading into the game against the Vikings here on Sunday in Uptown Charlotte. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. With killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee, Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. Game Time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. See the view from your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. All-in prices show you your total upfront so you know you're getting a great deal without hidden fees. Buy tickets in seconds with just two taps. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply again. Create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNFL. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-F-L for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed Carolina Panthers head coach Frank Reich told us on Monday that we're urgent not desperate as Carolina Panthers have started off the 2023 season almost got my numbers mixed up 2023 season 0 and 3 with a loss to the Atlanta Falcons the New Orleans Saints and the Seattle Seahawks unfortunately losses to two division teams and another team in their conference, which is not bode well down the line if we think about tiebreakers for the postseason, but we have a long way to go, and they need to win a lot more games, a game, period, to be able to be in that conversation once we get down to December and January here in the 2023 NFL regular season. Yes, I understand what he's talking about there in a way. Okay, yes, we understand the urgency that we have lost both of the all three of the games that we played. We understand that we need to win on Sunday, Frank Reich is telling us, but they're not desperate. They should be desperate, honestly. They should be desperate. And Frank Reich can give us a story about how he started off 1-5. and five. He started off 0-4 oh, or whatever the hell, and then they've been right there in the playoffs or just barely missing it out before Carson Wentz does Carson Wentz things. I, he can tell us that all the time. It does not matter. 
what happened in the past. People don't want to hear that. The messaging has been a little off here, and maybe that's my fault too. I don't know. But from the organization, the messaging, it's been mixed. Really not quite sure what exactly they're trying to accomplish. I know they want to win games, but like really what is the overall kind of structure and plan of where things are headed here in 2023? So the Panthers obviously need to win on Sunday. It's not a must win, as I've mentioned in the past, that it's only a must win where if you lose, your season's over. Week 17 last year, Tampa, that's a must win. Week four here in 2023 against Minnesota, not a must win, but it's a a need to win, which pretty much is just another way of saying must win. The Carolina Panthers, if they can win this game on Sunday, which I do believe that they can against the Minnesota Vikings, and the Vikings, God, it seems like a massive market correction for a team that won 13 games last year. No one thought they were that good. All you got to look at for the NFL a lot of times, and a very simple way to look, is just look at point differential. That will tell you who the best teams in the league are. I want to say the Vikings have like a negative point differential or something crazy, or like they were right there around one when they were able to win 13 games last season just because, I mean, they got blown out by the Eagles and some other teams, and then they barely won so many games that season. That told you that that was not great, that good of a football team. They lose Dalvin Cook. There's been some other losses as well there. They still have some of the same problems they had defensively, even though Brian Flores is now their D.C. They wanted a Gerald Vero. That's what Luke Braun of Lockdown Vikings told us yesterday. But David Tepper dropped that bag. And, hey, when you get the bag, what are you going to do? You're going to come to Carolina and coach this team instead, even though you didn't get the head coaching job. So the Vikings still have some problems left over from last year, and a lot of that so far is catching up to them. And when you get rid of Dalvin and you lose your ability to run the football consistently, this is what you get. And what's led them to a 0-3 start so far and potentially 0-4 after about 4-0-5 on Sunday, depending on how the Carolina Panthers are able to play. So I do think the Carolina Panthers can win this game. I don't really have a great read on this game at all. I think the line was like 3 and a half, four. 4 I think the Panthers can, of course, cover it. I think they can win the game. Um, didn't have a really great read last week against Seattle. I feel like they could win. I didn't have a ton of confidence that they would win, but I felt like they could. And you looked at how Andy performed and defensively had to look in the first half. They they had a chance. It's just the dam broke in the end. And they're not going to have Xavier Woods, Frankie Louvu, limited again on Thursday with a hit pointer. It feels like he's going to play. I just think it's one of those things where they're trying to hold him out just be safe and then he'll be able to go out there on Sunday full go and hopefully everything works out there. It sounds like CJ Henderson's going to play being a full participant on Thursday as well. They're not going to have Xavier Woods. I think I already mentioned that, but still like it's a defense that's banged up, but a defense that can still have success, can still get after the passer. And it's not like the Vikings have a great offensive line. Oli Udo, my guy from Elon, he's her, he's out for the season. Garrett Bradbury, Charlotte native. He's struggling with an injury and he's, Kind of a smaller center, and that's kind of like a Pat Elfline type of dude. Who He replaced Pat Elfline, coincidentally, there in Minnesota. He's, he's smaller. He's not as big as Bose is. And you saw the difference when Elfline went out last year and you brought in a bigger player in Bradley Bozeman. Bradbury, he can certainly be had by a Derrick Brown, who's been excellent so far this season. So the Carolina Panthers can win at the line of scrimmage defensively. The offensive line, it's got to be better, man. It, they have to be ready to go. And I can always put up every week one of my keys, protect the quarterback. Because if you don't protect the quarterback, you don't have a chance at hell. Especially when they split 80% of the time last week. And all the L.A. did was just get it out quickly. For what, I don't know why they just kept blitzing if that was a situation. Because that's just crazy. When Justin Herbert threw for, threw for 400 yards. 
the Panthers O-line's got to do a much better job. Iki Aquanu, figure it out. Teo Moten, come on, figure it out. Bose and the other guys in the interior, figure it out. Protect your quarterback, and you have a chance to win. Because this Vikings team, they weren't as good. They weren't that good last year. They were not 13 wins good last season. And now we're kind of seeing where they truly belong in the NFL as that marker correction has come at them swiftly to start off the 2023 season. All right, that's going to wrap up this edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Again, y'all, make sure to subscribe or follow the show for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council, where on Wednesday of next week, I'll be back again to answer your weekly Wednesday mailbag questions, either at me or DM me over on Twitter at Julian Council to get those questions into me right after the game. Don't give them to me now. Wait till after the game, and I will begin to get those questions together and answer them next Wednesday here on the show. But in the meantime, be safe, be happy, be whole. As always, keep pounding, and I have to go work at my real job at NASCAR on Sunday because they're racing at Talladega, so I will not be live right after the game. So you're going to get the podcast like later on Sunday. So I'll talk to you guys then. Damn, I really don't want to go work on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs>